This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. All right, welcome once again to Sportsbook. I'm Dan Roberts, your host. Every week we get into some fun, juicy headlines about a sport. Headlines having to do with business. And boy, here's a big one from the weekend. Jerry Richardson, owner of the Carolina Panthers, has put the team up for sale. He cautions that he won't be accepting any bids or doing any talks or hearing any inquiries until the season ends. Uh, His words in a statement were actually until the final game is played. I didn't know if that refers to Carolina's final game, if Carolina doesn't make the playoffs or the final game of the season. I would bet the latter. I would bet the idea was to say, you know, we're not going to distract from the current NFL season. But too late. This is a big story. Uh, It is a distraction. People are talking about it. We'll be talking about it. The Panthers are for sale. This is the first NFL team to go up for sale since 2014 when the Buffalo Bills changed ownership hands. At that time, the Bills sold for $1.1 billion. That is still the record for an NFL team. It isn't the record for any U.S. sports franchise. That is a tie between an NBA team and a Major League Baseball team. What were those teams? Five, four, three, giving you time to answer. Two, one. You're right. Or maybe you're wrong. I can't hear you. The answer is the Clippers and the Dodgers. Both those teams sold for $2 billion. There may be some change here and there in one of those deals. Perhaps one is 2.1 when it was all said and done, or perhaps one was 1.9. But the reported figures, $2 billion. That's the record right now. Uh, as I've written on Yahoo Finance yesterday, expect the record to be broken for sure by the Panthers sale. Uh, the Panthers have been most recently valued by Forbes at $2.3 billion. Now, my favorite thing, and not just because I worked at Fortune, which is a Forbes competitor, but my favorite thing is always to throw a little cold water on the Forbes franchise valuations. They are inflated. They are ballparked. They are basically wild guesses. But they're the best indicator we have, and most people use them as the de facto figure, the Forbes franchise valuations. And so, worth mentioning. The past 15 U.S. pro sports teams to sell, and I'm only looking at the big three leagues, that's NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, all sold for well over their most recent Forbes valuation at the time of sale. So why do I mention that? Well, if the Forbes valuation of the Panthers is $2.3 billion, it's very likely the team will sell for more than that. And even if for some reason it doesn't sell for more, it is almost guaranteed that the team will at least sell for more than that $2 billion mark. So expect the Carolina Panthers to set a new record for the sale of a U.S. pro sports team. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Panthers being for sale, a big NFL story. And let's bring in my favorite and yours, our recurring guest, Miles Udland. What's up? When no one else can come in, I'm sitting 10 feet away. No. Miles is our markets guy. Always good to talk to about money and prices and sales and stocks. And in a way, you could say that The NFL teams are like stocks. Uh, The stock of the Jaguars is up this season. The stock of the Jets was up for a little while. And then, bye-bye. The stock of the Eagles, whoo, through the roof. But then then you could say the company's best-selling product took a hit, uh, Carson Wentz. And so the stock tumbled a little, but it has replaced that product. How how long should I keep this analogy going? Keep going. With uh, Nick Foles. Right. And Nick Foles did pretty well in his one game back so far after the Wentz injury. So, boy, stock of the Eagles is is doing well. Uh, Miles, what do you think about the Panthers' yeah, sale? Nick Foles is sort of a, a small-cap growth stock, I think you could say. <laughs> I like um, that. Yeah, so I, I think what's, what's so interesting about this pending sale is that 
you know, I think about the stock market, I write about the stock market, that's a very large, very liquid market. You get instant checks on price. If you want to wonder what is Walmart worth, you just go to yahoofinance.com, punch in WMT, and you're going to get that instantly. You know, what people think the company's worth today, what they thought it was worth yesterday, you get projections on what it will be worth in the future. The NFL only has 32 securities. Um, (laughs) They don't trade hands very often. They have a very different profile in terms of how you would value them. You mentioned that the bill's selling for over a billion dollars in the league's second smallest market, in a market that for a long time has been thought would move across the lake and become the Toronto bills, although that does not appear to be in the cards right now. Um, And so, yeah, you mentioned the Forbes valuation. I mean, I'm looking at the Panthers right now. They're the 21st most valuable team in the league at $2.3 billion. And to think that the market would reset itself with the 21st most valuable security out of only 32. So this is a a team that's in the 70th decile, the seventh decile, basically, of value is going to be worth over $2 billion. It's wild, isn't it? um, I shouldn't say unthinkable because it's It's probably going to happen, but uh, it really gives you a sense of kind of where that market's at. Now, I I would add that I think the... Um, what you what people refer to in markets as a liquidity premium is going to be applied here. So what that means basically in English is if there's something you want to buy, but there aren't too many of them and they don't come up for sale very often, you'll pay more than the Absolutely. intrinsic value of the asset to yes. acquire it. And I believe that is likely to happen with the Panthers. Although, much like the Donald Sterling situation with the LA Clippers, and of course, to go back, both the teams you mentioned were in Los Angeles for the $2 billion mm-hmm. valuation, which certainly didn't help the Dodgers or the Clippers. Go back to that 2000, was it 2014 or 2013 was the Sterling? Um, 2014. 2014. And 2012 was the Dodgers sale. Right. So the, um, so the Sterling situation, and um, we'll get into some of the Jerry Richardson stuff, yeah. but similar in, in nature, older owner who had been making, uh, basically, in, who had been inappropriately behaving, reflected poorly on the league. Um, the NBA wanted that sale to be done very quickly, and part of why they went with the Balmer bid, part of why Balmer came in, Steve Balmer, yep. former CEO of Microsoft, part of why Balmer came in so big is because he knew that Adam Silver wanted that deal done. I'll just lock it down. And yep. he got it done at a high it's like price. It's a flying early decision to the and, college you like best. Yeah. And given that we know that the NFL is likely to, or that the Panthers, rather, are likely to hold this sale process until after the Super Bowl, so is the way that I read that, I think the NFL wants that really badly to happen after the season. There's a lot of groups that are going to be spending the next eight weeks getting money lined up, getting the big names of this group lined up, and that this sale will likely happen uh, quickly and likely happen at a premium. We'll get into some of those big names, by the way, that have either publicly expressed interest, uh, attracting a lot of attention, or that are likely to express interest. There are some minority owners in the team that some people think, well, maybe one of the existing minority owners buys it. We'll get into that, and I want to get into briefly, uh, specifically, these allegations that spurred the announcement. But first, you mentioned the perceived value and the market. Well, let's talk about the market, because some people in the wake of this announcement said, well, wait a minute, the NFL is having a bad year. And so doesn't that mean it'll sell for less? And I want to hear your take. I know that mine is, yes, the NFL has had a, a down season. You know, that's objectively true. TV ratings down, political controversy. But that's one season. Now, perhaps the overall trend is also bad because last season wasn't great. The ratings were down last season, but they had an excuse, the election. Yep. Uh, but 
it's certainly the case that, as you say, it's, it's, a, it's a limited supply. There's only 32 teams. They rarely go up for sale often. In fact, worth mentioning, Jerry Richardson is the original owner, mm-hmm. one of the very few, I think fewer than five remaining owners who have owned their teams since the team's inception. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers were an expansion team. 1993, Richardson and his group bought the team. So he's the original owner. This is a, a sea change for Carolina football fans. But what do you think? Do you think that this current season or the last two taken together have been troubling enough to harm the perceived value of an NFL franchise? Um, I think we're about to find out, and the answer is no. Um, and I would say that the main reason why is we can uh, people get passionate about the NFL because um, sports teams, it's fun, it's sports, uh, it's not work, it's not um, you know anything too serious ultimately. Um, so you need to think about the NFL as a pure content play. It requires that people watch it mostly live. It's on the biggest networks, it's on the biggest broadcast partners. And so when we talk about the NFL's success relative to itself, yes, it is a down year. Um, ratings have been down. I would suspect that ad rates are probably flat which is you know mostly what matters plus the contract that ESPN and NBC and CBS have with the league is locked in so they're paying right. them the so same the amount okay. of money I always caution people that they say oh revenue must be down right and it's like no the cable providers might be concerned and the networks might have to even give ad time back to the advertisers but the NFL is fine it, exactly. has, it has made this money exactly um, now I would suspect that maybe on the margins uh, gear sales um, Game receipts. Now, again, the game receipts is kind of a funny thing, too. Most of that is season tickets. So right. you see a lot of pictures of empty NFL stadiums PSLs, or half, yeah. fill, half full empty or half full NFL stadiums. But those tickets have already been sold. So the announced attendance is going to be 95 percent, 98 percent. And you can obviously see that only 65 percent of people are there. It looked like the Giants game last weekend. Uh, you know, whatever. It's mostly the Red Sox did that for a while. With yeah, streak. It's, it's the same thing. Oh, so. So I think when you think about the NFL's value, you need to think about it relative to other opportunities that you would have in terms of content. And the NFL right now still is the king. I mean, even yeah. though you know you and I follow a lot Top of these dog. accounts, whether it's sports TV ratings, uh, Paulson, who does uh, Sports Media Watch, yep. the folks over at Sports Business Journal do a great job with this stuff, uh, Austin Karp in particular, um, on the ratings beat, they're constantly tweeting out about how the ratings are down compared to last year, compared to 2015, but that is the NFL's performance relative to itself, and itself is by far the biggest content juggernaut that is out there. Um, The only thing that rivals it, basically, is the Big Bang Theory and the now young Sheldon TV show, so um, that is going to continue to serve as a tailwind for the NFL. And uh, while we can talk about things like quality of play, um, who's the face of the league, is CTE a problem for football at the lower levels, and will that eventually manifest itself in worse conditions for NFL play? Those are all interesting issues, and I think they all have a place in this discussion, and they're all very important for the longevity of the league. But right now, the current content environment makes the NFL by far the most attractive proposition for any broadcaster, any network. Um, and so while people will continue to rail against ESPN losing subscribers, they're overpaying right. for stuff, ESPN, I guarantee it, will pay up for the NFL in 2022 or 2021, whenever that contract is up. Have to. And they honestly probably won't even think twice. Right. And and similar to the NFL, I mean, on any given night, we can talk about, all oh, the rating is down. It's still the biggest thing on television. The biggest. 100%. And same with ESPN. It's like, look, 87 million homes get ESPN. That's fewer than three years ago. Absolutely. You know, recently it was above 100, but 87 million homes get ESPN. So, uh, yes, all those are good points. Briefly, 
let's not get too far afield from the business implications, but let's talk about specifically what spurred this announcement. Uh, Bombshell report. Here's the headline from SI, which had the story first. Jerry Richardson, Panthers have made multiple confidential payouts for workplace misconduct, including sexual harassment and use of a racial slur. So briefly, I'm not going to reread their whole bombshell story here, but uh, done by my old friend John Wertheim at SI. Uh, some of the good things here, well, not good, but some of the, some of the highlights, some of the juicy, interesting nuggets. Uh, there's a jeans day at the Panthers team offices where all the employees have to wear denim to work. And all the female employees dread that day because Richardson reportedly, allegedly, makes them turn around and examines and appraises them. Bad, bad, horrible, bad. Uh, another point in this bombshell story Everyone knows to call Jerry Richardson Mr. Not even Mr. Richardson. They call him Mr. Like, Mr. wants to take you to lunch, or Mr. requests you come to his office. Uh, very slave, slavey, bad. Uh, not okay, has, has bad racial undertones. And then finally, uh, very similar to the Harvey Weinstein stories, uh, reports that female employees would be called into Richardson's office, uh, Richardson's office, an assistant would bring them in, and then, oh, surprise, the assistant would walk out, disappear, leave them alone with Richardson, who would say gross things or ask to do gross things, specifically wanted to shave their legs, would ask female employees if he could shave their legs. So all of this bad, creepy, icky, but obvious um, shades of this scandal that happened with the Clippers owner, Donald Sterling. Now, that wasn't uh, sexual harassment. That was, he was caught on tape uh, saying racist things about mm -hmm. players. But right away when this news came out, it was hard not to think of that situation. Now, the difference here is, reportedly at least, Richardson voluntarily, you know, maybe it was uh, a sped up action to to uh, circumvent NFL action. I don't know. I'm sure NFL skeptics or haters would say, no, NFL wouldn't have done anything. You know, Goodell isn't the leader that Adam Silver is. But the difference here, Richardson voluntarily said, I'm selling the team as soon as the allegations were out, rather than in the Sterling situation, the league, and at that time, brand new commissioner Adam Silver had to act immediately to force Ster the sale of, of the Clippers and mm -hmm. force Sterling out and ban him for life. But uh, some thoughts on these allegations, Miles? Thoughts on, on uh, the... Shades of similarity to the Sterling situation. Well, I think the the first thing is um, Jerry Richardson is uh, a wealthy person who will be made more wealthy by the sale of his team. So, I mean, I don't think it should be that surprising to too many people that when um, you know word starts getting around, whenever SI started reporting out this story, um, you know, I don't know the details on that. Let's call it three months ago, right? Yeah. Start poking around and you start hearing rumblings in the building. At some point. We know one of um, Jerry's you know, Jerry Richardson's consigliaries yes. comes over to him and says, "Hey, uh, you, know you know, we got a problem here. You know, yes. they they know they know everything. You know, they know about the payments. They know all the all the other oh, things. God. They have all these anecdotes. You know, he sits down and they say, you know, what do you want to do? Notably, the Panthers about 24 hours before the story broke came out with a very vague statement, just saying." You know, we're looking into matters surrounding um, right, I'm glad team owner Jerry yeah. Richardson. Before the SI story dropped, the yeah. Panthers announced it was investigating. So they knew, they knew what was coming. Um, and they said he won't be in the team building anymore. He's you know, done from day-to-day -day operations. Um, and we will sell the team. So he will, uh, you know, pending any lawsuits, he will get a lot of money from the sale of the team. So, again, don't uh, cry for Jerry Richardson. Um, right. Totally. And, uh, and, I, and I don't think that for a second uh, anyone at the NFL league offense league office um, likely hesitated on this. I mean, yeah. I, you can say what you want about the NFL's league office. We have done a whole podcast about how the league office has its own problems, its own tensions with the ownership group. And while the NFL ownership group um, is a 
it is very, very old, very male, um, and certainly a conservative group that would be sympathetic to the idea that Jerry Richardson is you know, being had or that someone is trying to take him down. Um, I think what we've learned as a country during this whole um, kind of you call it the post-Weinstein moment yes. is that the the popular opinion has now shifted from, oh, people are trying to just get back at some celebrity or get some money. And now we appreciate that if you've been a victim of this kind of stuff, it is so hard to talk about it again. Um, And it is so hard to go to someone, even to a reporter anonymously to discuss this stuff that, um, you know, why would someone make this up? I really think that um, while a lot of folks were um, you never, never thought that anyone would would make something like this up just to you know get a payoff or something. Um, we now more widely believe that that malicious intent is not the case, and that people really just um, want to prevent other folks from being victimized the way that they were. Whether it's um, you know no matter who it's by. So I don't really think that the NFL league office had any hesitation here in what they needed to do. Um, and to that point, you know the story uh, in a year that has been. Uh, quite a year, uh, you could say, in a number of areas. Um, I, I would say that the NFL is fine with how heavily this story landed or didn't land. Well, actually, and I'm glad you said I want to touch on that, too. Now, first, uh, it's good that you mentioned, yeah, the, the team announced right before the SI story came out. And in addition, although this story and the details of it are shocking, uh, the general football world or those who watch Uh, have known that the Panthers would soon be up for sale for a while now. Uh, A year ago, Jerry Richardson's son said, we have a succession, we have a sale plan in place for when my father passes away. Mm -hmm. Said that, you know, when Jerry Richardson dies, he's 81, we'll sell the team. Well, he's not dead, he's very alive, and they're selling the team. So obviously it was sped up. But the point being that, you know, a year ago, someone could have written a story on NFL teams that might sell soon, and the Panthers would have been high on that list. So... We knew this team would be up for sale eventually. Uh, so there's that. Now, yeah, let's talk about the impacts of the story. I don't want to get too far afield, but also yesterday was separate sports business news, big news, that the president of ESPN, John Skipper, uh, was resigning, did resign, resigned. Uh, and he cited substance abuse problems. Uh, sounds like going to rehab. And all these ESPN personalities you know, tweeted emotional things. It's worth mentioning, you know, I do a lot of reporting on ESPN. People there loved John Skipper. Mm-hmm. From the outside, people would criticize, oh, f- you know, Skipper should fire Skipper for this bad thing, or oh, political controversy, it's Skipper's fault. Well, people at ESPN really liked him. They said he was a champion of diversity and diversity hires. So without getting too much into John Skipper, I just tweeted out, just for fun, casual, what's the bigger story today? The Panthers being for sale or ESPN John Skipper resigning. And I was surprised that 65%, now that's still close, said Skipper. I mean, I think ESPN, for the most part, put someone else in charge, but we know where it's going as a company. We know it's going to be around. It, we know what it does. But a, new, a completely new owner, someone outside the Richardson family of an NFL team, the Panthers, is big news. Uh, as you say, they don't sell often. But I guess I guess not. I mean, it, and and just the reason I bring all this up, you said, oh, the NFL probably likes how this story landed. I mean, yes, it's a negative story about one of its owners, but it, it almost wasn't treated as like that huge of a news event. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> if we go back to why the NFL has been such a big storyline this year, part of it is about the ratings um, and quality of play and that stuff. But frankly, you know, who really cares about that? It all comes down in 2017 to President Donald Trump. And so when he made the NFL um, players kneeling a thing, uh, then that became the NFL's dominant storyline. Yep. But remember, that storyline then pivoted to ESPN, ESPN's liberal politics. This also, has, thanks to Trump right, jumping and, in. And yeah. this has been a meme on the right for a long 
long time that ESPN doesn't do sports. They're a bastion of uh, liberal politics. It's all staffed by social justice warriors, all yep. this stuff. Um, you know, and I think if you go on Twitter, a lot of their um, staff may skew more liberal, and a lot of their staff isn't on social media at all. Uh, and they have a very confusing policy, and they've you know stepped over themselves a number of times this year trying to explain away certain ESPN decisions and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think that that poll indicates that when we talk about sports becoming part of the political discussion in 2017 and, you know, talk about the NFL and other things like that, what we're really saying is, you know, ESPN has become a battleground of politics uh, against its will. And so while, yeah, I don't think it's particularly interesting beyond, um, you know, hoping that uh, John Skipper gets the help that he needs. Um, uh, I don't think it's that interesting of a story that mm. the ESPN has a new president. Uh, I mean, certainly it's notable, but, uh, you know, the CEO of Disney, which owns ESPN, was renewed for four more years last week. And That's I think thing, Bob right? Iger being in charge of that group is much more important than who runs ESPN, quite honestly. Because as you said, you know, the secular forces that are going to impact ESPN are happening. And, you know, that's either going to be, you know, Connor Shell's problem or whoever the next president of ESPN's problem is. Um, right now, George Bodenheimer is serving as the temporary president. But um, ESPN's problems have become, uh, you know, a, a a battle cry, right, for the left and for the right. And right. so uh, I think that while this is certainly, you know, the NFL is probably in more turmoil uh, than ESPN is, ESPN is taking the PR hit left and right. And so even when there's a, you know, basically a personal issue that comes up with one of their senior staff, it is about something much more. And um, I don't know if that's unfortunate or not, um, but it, it certainly... Uh, is is indicative of, of how this discussion has gone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the price and in terms of potential buyers, we talked about how I think it's almost guaranteed that this sale will top $2 billion, which again would make it the biggest U.S. pro sports team sale we've seen, which isn't surprising. I mean, you would think that they would keep getting bigger every year. Uh, but now let's turn to potential buyers. As I said, there are some minority owners of the team that some people have pointed to. Uh, there are a number of families that are big Charlotte, North Carolina families that have a minority stake, 5% or 10% of the team. Tim Belk, the Belk family, and they sold Belk department stores uh, in 2015 for $3 are, billion. Are we looking at the same Forbes list here? Uh, no, I'm looking at my own article okay. at yahoofinance.com. No, I've got a Forbes uh, list. The Levine family. You wrote a post on this? The uh, Yes, Miles. Oh, sorry. I didn't the see. Levine family, which uh, they owned Family Dollar, but then sold Family Dollar to Dollar General. Uh, and then there's Erskine Bowles, uh, an Andy yeah. Serwer favorite to talk yeah. about, the former president of UNC, Chapel Hill, and then was White House chief of staff to President Clinton. Any one of those might say, hey, you know what, Richardsons, I'll become the majority owner. But that wouldn't be very exciting, would it? Uh, I think that, that there would be more excitement if it's a completely fresh face. And speaking of fresh faces, Miles, who were some of the big faces that right away said, ooh, I want to own the team? Yeah, so the biggest one, well, actually, I don't know who the biggest one would be, but um, we had a very public uh, statement from P. Diddy, Sean Combs, ah. famous recording artist, um, who is worth over $800 million, an extremely wealthy man. Yeah, he'll be a billionaire soon enough. Puff Daddy, um, P. Diddy. Diddy. He expressed interest in buying the team. Yeah, he expressed interest in buying the team. Steph Curry, North Carolina native. Oh, yeah. Um, 
player of the Golden State Warriors, who is not worth uh, eight hundred million dollars. Well, it's worth mentioning none of these. Well, he's not, and then even these, you know, even the eight hundred million, or you know, when Jay Z was a, a quote unquote right. owner of the Nets, everyone said, "Oh, Jay Z is an owner of the Nets." He owned one percent, I think, less. So usually, an athlete or a rapper just doesn't have sports team owning money. Right. Well, let's, um, let's, let's give that caveat. But you know, I mean, Jay Z could have afforded more than one percent of the Nets. Yes. He just decided not to. Anyway, um, and then also Colin Kaepernick uh, came out and said that he'd like to be a member Ooh. of the ownership group. But what I would say is, you know, given um, those three uh, public faces, you know, Michael Jordan um, owns the Charlotte Bobcats. Yes, I, I mentioned he, him in my story. He has over a billion dollars. I think that yes, he, he should not be discounted at all. Um, I would be shocked if either the majority owner, certainly a minority owner, and most likely the public face of the new ownership group um, is not black. Because wow. I think that that, um, you know, the NFL has an immigrant owner uh, in mm-hmm. Shad Khan. Um, Jags. The owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think that any opportunity, remember, this is a league that has the Rooney Rule, which requires you to interview um, one minority candidate for every coach offering, coach opening yep. that you have. Though, of um, course, that has been mocked as something they all just do pro forma. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, yeah, sure, it's a rule. That's what you, you follow rules pro forma. Uh, but. And so I think this is a huge opportunity for the league that, you know, frankly, the NBA is a lot cooler. Um, and yes, it is. And the, you know, younger people in America are much more diverse um, than the baby boomer generation. And I think that younger Americans feel more kinship with NBA players than they do NFL players. Part of that is because there's more NFL players and they're more faceless. Uh, they're quite literally covered up during the game, whereas everyone knows basically how big um, Kevin Durant's biceps are or aren't because, <laughs> um, you know, he's wearing a tank top on the court. Um and, and but I just think that like the uh, the NFL does not have the same kind of brand loyalty, I guess you could say, from younger viewers as the NBA has. And I think um, this is an opportunity for them to, um, you know, kind of leverage the young, famous, wealthy black men in America who want to be recognized as famous and wealthy and just as respectable as business people yep. as, um, you know, someone on this list like Mark Cuban or uh, Jeff Bezos. You know, well, I thought those were ridiculous. I mean, I, I know the, the Forbes story you're looking at, and I thought that yes, was silly. Yes, an, an otherwise fine story by by their good um, sports visitor board, but it was like Jeff Bezos, who has not expressed interest in owning right. a team, but hey, he's very rich. So, I mean, okay, any rich person then could buy the team. You know, and yeah. so we haven't heard anything yet. Um, again, I, I, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Michael Jordan ended up buying the team. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't sure. <laughs> based on, I mean, look at Paul based Allen. On, based on two, the two pro teams, based three. on the personnel decisions that the Bobcats have made, I don't know if Panthers <laughs> fans would be that excited about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, well, again, and you I don't, think, and, and also the Marlins. That's the way Jeter. this goes. You don't always want a famous, you know, right. beloved athlete to own a team because Derek Jeter with his yeah. his two iPads set up, just oh, selling off the team. Don't forget the hand sanitizer. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, so I think um, I think that's my my only prediction for sort of how this goes. Uh, and then I would agree with you that. Over $2 billion is likely yeah. to be the sale price. Good. Well, it's a big story. You heard it here first. Uh, we're not going to keep you past this, but you've heard it here. Uh, over $2 billion, the sale price. Look for it. Get get interested. Get excited. Uh, Miles Edlin predicts that a prominent um, black American, either a celebrity or not, will be in the ownership group, and that will help the diversity of the league. That's good. Miles Udlin predicts that good chance Michael Jordan's involved. That, that's interesting. I'll give you a little prediction. The Panthers were careful to say we're not going to entertain any inquiries or offers until the end of the season, well, good luck with that, because it's a big story, and people are now tweeting out their interest, and I think that between now, as we record this, which there's still two weeks left in the regular season, and then there's the postseason, I think, boy, there will be some kind of report before the playoffs are over, 
about who the buyer yeah, will be. That's fine. For sure. That's fair. They can't keep a lid on this. Yeah. Now, before we go, uh, when I was here like six weeks ago, we made Super Bowl predictions. Oh. Do you want to update yours quickly? Wow. Wait, do you remember what mine was? I think you said the Pats. Well, or yeah. The Steelers, right. I said the Vikings would win the Super Bowl. Wow. Look at you. I definitely didn't say the Vikings. I have a more. I might have said, oh, I think I said Pats Falcons rematch. Oh, and sure, I'll update that because, mm-hmm. you know. Go ahead. You first. Uh, well, the NFC is, is it's hard to say. There's yeah. parity, but mostly because no one's really that good. Now, of course, Eagles fans would dispute. That's, the Eagles that are is great. wrong. It's because the they're all have a so good. good. Uh, um, boy, I, it ain't it ain't gonna be the Seahawks. Uh, for a while, I thought, oh, don't count them out. They always come roaring back, and they still have mostly the same team that they had when they've made the Super Bowl twice in the last four seasons. Mm-hmm. But no, not the Seahawks. Boy, I think the Rams look like the real deal. Uh, the Rams faced the Seahawks this weekend, and I thought maybe the Seahawks would win. No, no, no. The Rams killed them. Killed them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I looked, and the first half wasn't over, and it was like 28-0. So I'm going to say Rams-Pats with the caveat, and I, I don't want to jinx us. I hope this doesn't happen. But the Steelers are great. Man, they're great. I know AB is hurt now, but the Steelers are great. That Pats-Steelers game felt like a Super Bowl. So I predict Pats-Rams, but I think it's very possible, too, that it's Steelers-Rams. Yeah, I think it's going to be Steelers-Rams as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the Rams are very Wait, exciting. Wait, you're ditching the Vikings? I'm ditching the Vikings, oh. but but I really shouldn't ditch the Vikings because the Vikings have a real chance to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. That would be amazing. Which would be an amazing storyline. How often has that happened? I was looking I yesterday. Wonder. I don't think it's... It no, might, if it happened, never? it happened in the 70s with, like, the Dolphins. Right. Um, but in modern times, it has not happened. Hardly... We've hardly even had teams that were hosting the Super Bowl make the playoffs. Right. Well, actually, when the Super Bowl was at brand-new 49ers Levi Stadium a few years ago, not even that, it was Super Bowl 50. Yeah, it was three years That was ago. only two seasons um, after... They had made it. They had made it to the Super Bowl. And so we thought, oh, could it happen? But they were bad. And, yeah. So, uh, yep. um, all right. Well, I guess we'll see you back here about February to talk about the sale, and then we can see who was right on the Super Bowl. Right. I think it'll be Rams Steelers. Rams we'll see Steelers. you back here at that time. Well, I'll, all right, well, I'll see you back here, listeners, uh, next Thursday morning for our end of the year episode. But Miles won't be in it. We'll see Miles again in the new year. Thank you, Miles. Thanks, Dan. And to our listeners, remember always to rate, review, and subscribe to the Sportsbook Podcast. If you're listening, perhaps you already subscribe, but give us a rating, won't you? Or give us a review. A good one. And find me on Twitter or comment on my stories. I want to hear from you. I love hearing from you. Uh, I love getting text messages from my real-life friends about each episode. But I'm happy to hear from people I don't know in real life. So get at me. And keep listening to Sportsbook every Thursday morning. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.